This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Would you please turn with me to the book of Matthew? Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. Last week I finished up the series that I've been preaching through for the last four weeks leading up to Christmas among us. Finished that series with a sermon that I titled, Be the Voice. John the Baptist was the voice. He was a voice in the wilderness crying out, clear the way for the Lord's coming. I told you the world needs a voice. The world needs a voice. The the world needs a voice of passion, a voice of truth, and a voice of hope and love. And we are to be the voice. I told you at the end of our time together last week that if I could communicate uh, really two things in these last two times that I'll have the opportunity to present the word to you, it would be be the voice, be the hand and feet of Jesus. And then today I want to present to you the idea of follow the star. Follow the star. It's my heart and my prayer for us not only as individuals, but also as a church in the coming days that we would follow the star. We're here on the last Sunday of the year, the Sunday following, immediately following Christmas Day. Thank you for being here the Sunday immediately following Christmas Day. I know how tired I was when I got up this morning, and I know you were the same, so I appreciate you being here. On December the 26th, many churches around us are not having a service today or they're online, so bless your heart for being in the house of the Lord. Amen? Here we are. We've looked for the last four weeks. We've looked at Jesus. We've looked at who Jesus was and what he brought to earth through the lens and through the eyes of John, the gospel of John chapter 1. And so today... I want us to look ahead, and I want us to look specifically at the wise men for direction and instruction for the future. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, verses 1 through 12, the New Living Translation says it like this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, say, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. A ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. He learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. 
It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Side note, because it's not in my notes, and I'll forget it, but I believe the, the Holy Spirit just said, Pew, the star brings joy. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. These men, wise men, also called the Magi, the Magi, I never can pronounce that word, the Magi, we talked about them a couple weeks ago, or a couple years ago, in a sermon series that I preached called The Characters of Christmas. We walked through who they were, who these wise men were. They were educated and wealthy. These men usually studied astrology, astronomy, and natural sciences. We really have no idea how many wise men visited Jesus. We assume it was three, and the tradition is that it was three, simply because there were three gifts. That's interesting because... Um, I'm pretty sure I got three gifts for Christmas yesterday from the same person, right? So we assume by tradition there were three. We know there were more than one because the language is plural. Matthew's given us this account. We know that there was more than one. There could have been two. There could have been 25. I have no idea, but the little manger scenes all have three. We really don't know, though, how many wise men followed the star to Bethlehem. These men also, unfortunately, to the We Three Kings uh, Christmas song that sang so often, they weren't really kings. They were wealthy. They were educated. They had plenty of resources that they were able to take off the time to travel this, this distant time, and they had the resources to purchase the gifts that they brought to Jesus, but there's really no evidence whatsoever, and according to tradition, they were most likely not kings. So we've already busted, unfortunately, two of the fantastic Christmas traditions of three wise men and we three kings. These men have traveled following a star which has landed them in Jerusalem. They show up to King Herod and proceed to ask, where is the newborn baby, the king of the Jews? Notice they didn't say, where is the newborn baby who will be the king of the Jews? They said, where is the newborn baby who is the king of the Jews? What's the difference? Well, Jesus, from the time he came in to being on earth, remember, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and then in verse 14, the word became flesh. From the moment that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that we talked about for several weeks now, from the moment Jesus was conceived and put on this earth, he was the king. He was the king of kings. And these men, not even really being Jews, they're Gentile men, already know and believe of who he is when they say, where is the newborn baby, the king of the Jews? Herod is an insecure king because he's worried. How do you know he's insecure? Well, he immediately starts to plan a plot to kill the baby Jesus. We're talking about an infant, a newborn, and, and uh, a child by the time they make it there. He's a, he's a child. He's no longer referred to an infant or a newborn, but the original language, he's referred to as a child. So Jesus may be within the first year or two of his life. Regardless, King Herod, one of the most powerful men in the world, Herod the Great, as we now know him, is terrified of the king of the Jews. In his one-and-a-half, two-year-old, whatever state of life he's in, Herod is afraid. 
Herod, in his insecurity, begins to plan to kill him. He brings in the leading priest, the scribes, the religious people, and he begins to ask him, where is Jesus? They they respond with the prophecy of Micah in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, where it says, O you Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you're not the least among the ruling cities, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Herod the Great, King Herod, did not have the knowledge of the prophet. He didn't have the knowledge of the prophet, and he wasn't looking for a star. After hearing this prophecy, after understanding, Herod recruits these wise men to come back and let him know the the location of Jesus. The wise men leave following the star, which if you want a reference, go to Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. Balaam is giving a message. He says, I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but for a distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. That is where these wise men get the idea of they're following a star. They're looking for the star that will rise from Jacob. Rachel, it's interesting, was actually buried. Jacob's wife was buried in Bethlehem. And so now from Jacob, literally, if you want to walk through that in your own mind, is rising up the star. Jesus is rising down the lineage of Jacob. And these men have followed the star. The star star has led them to where Jesus was, and they find themselves now in Jerusalem. They continue to follow the star until they arrive at the destination. They lay down the sacrifices. They leave everything at home. They've packed up their goods. They've packed up everything they needed for the journey. They've packed up their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Their symbolism in the gifts, gold represents the royalty. You can find that in Psalm chapter 72, verse 15. Frankincense is used for the worship in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34. Myrrh was used for anointing. It's in the the recipe for the anointing on Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 through 25. Each of the gifts has a significance that these men are bringing to Jesus. And before leaving Jesus, after they showed up to worship, God's warned them to stay away from Herod. Follow the star. What is the star? For years... Scientists have attempted to prove of what the star might be. They say it might be planets. They think that Jupiter and Saturn probably crossed at some point in time the sky during this time frame. And so they think, hey, it could have been Jupiter or Saturn. They think that it possibly could have been Halley's Comet. They think it possibly could have been a a nova, uh, a star that was really, really bright all of a sudden and then kind of dissolved back out. Whatever it is, whatever they want to try to prove it to be, I don't care if it was a planet, it was guided by God himself and it led these men to Jesus I don't care what they prove it to be I don't care if they say it was a nightlight up in the sky that was bright enough to be perceived as a star God made the light bright enough and he guided these men to Jesus right the star is just like the clouds of day and the pillar of fire by night that led the Israelites as God's road roadmap for his people. He's led them out of Israel. The star represents the drawing that God is see, uh, sending forth to bring people to himself. The star is God's way of leading people to himself. 
They're following a star. Follow the star. In order to follow the star, you have to at least do three things, I believe, that they give us as an example. First of all, you keep watching. These men were studied men that studied the sky. Herod was a king who paid no attention. He, knew not, he didn't know the prophecy. He had no idea that just a, a short distance away, the, the king of the Jews, the king of kings, the Lord of lords was going to be born. He was over some authority there in this area. He did not know because he was not paying attention. He was not looking for a star. Keep watching. They saw the star when it rose, and they kept their eyes on it where it led. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He said, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He also said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. If we're thinking on the things of earth, we're thinking on the things that are unworthy, the things that are unworthy of praise, then we're going to miss the star that God is trying to use to lead and guide and direct us. We've got to constantly be looking. The writer of Proverbs said like this in Proverbs 23, 33, look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you. Then the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 18, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instruction. The only way you can follow the star and keep your eyes on the star is by watching, constantly, intentionally looking for the star. We've got to keep watching. The wise men are in Jerusalem. The stars led them there. And the king is not noticed. That means at some point in time, the star was over Jerusalem. It put it as a a blip on the map where they had to go, yet nobody in Jerusalem ever saw it because they weren't set on the things of heaven. Keep watching. Those men saw because they were looking and didn't get distracted. Second of all, not only do you have to keep watching, you got to keep moving. They saw the star, the vision, the instruction, and they moved. We don't know where it started. I don't have a clue who these men were or where they come from. We just know they come from the east, an eastern land. They made a journey. I don't know if it was this journey that took them years and years to complete. I don't know how far they traveled. All I know is is that they moved. They had to keep moving. They had to follow. I have to think about when they saw the star rise up, they knew that there was a star. They had no idea when they stepped out on on those camels, took that first step. And I'm back to, you know, traditional uh, manger scenes where they're riding camels. They have no idea when that camel takes the first step off the property, how long it's going to take them to reach their destination. They had no clue. They're following a star. And the only way they got there was they kept moving. There's unknowns. There's this whole idea of, of never knowing really where we're headed. But yet, they kept moving. We see the journey and the arrival. We see them arriving in Jerusalem, and we see them getting to Jesus. We have no clue what life looked like before. They kept moving until they got to Jesus. We can't settle We can't be okay with things just being okay. We have to keep moving. We have to keep pressing. We have to keep progressing. We have to keep changing the world for Jesus. We have to keep moving. Bethlehem was only a little over five and a half miles from Jerusalem. Like nine kilometers for those metric-minded people. 
five and a half miles. Jerusalem was just a stop along the journey. What if they'd have stopped in Jerusalem? What if they'd have stopped? I mean, they've now approached royalty. King Herod has taken them in, brought them in for the special meeting. King Herod is trying to gain their trust. He's trusting them enough that they're going to go and find Jesus and come back and report to him. What if they'd have stayed? With only, they don't know, you know. They're following a star with only five and a half miles to go to make it to Jesus. They have to keep moving. Seasons come and seasons go. Trends come and trends go. You don't believe me? Look at some of the jeans that folks are wearing now that, you know, some of y'all wore way back before I was born. They're back. Now, I don't talk about nobody in particular, so if you felt that, that's you. People come and people go. But we got to keep moving. We've got to keep moving. The only way to get to the destination is to keep moving. The next season for this house, my prayer is that the church would see the star, find the star, and keep moving, chasing the glory of God. Keep moving. Thirdly, keep the faith. Keep watching. Keep moving. Keep the faith. When they show up in Jerusalem, they asking here, where's Jesus? Where is the king of the Jews? We've come to do what? Worship. We've come to worship him. I don't know how long of a journey they've traveled. I don't know how rough it was. I don't know what kind of desert they've gone through. I can like let my imagination run just a little bit. I don't know how much snow they've trampled through uphill both ways. I really don't know. But I know they had a journey. I know that when they set off on their journey, they set off with the intention to find Jesus and worship. They had gifts. They were prepared. They were intentional. I know by the time they made it to Jerusalem, they still had full intention to find Jesus and worship. They had not lost faith, whatever the journey brought. They had kept the faith to the point of Jerusalem. And then we know when they finally make it to Bethlehem, they bow down before Jesus and Mary and they worship him. They weren't distracted. They weren't defeated. They kept the faith. These men have spent resources to make this journey. They've spent resources to make it to Jesus. They gave it their all. They persevered. They were looking for the king, and they had the faith to find him. Had no idea how long it would take. No idea where the star would lead. No idea what would be required. But through it all, they kept the faith. Chasing the star. Didn't matter what earthly things were in their way. 
I believe if Paul was talking to them, he'd say, don't set your mind on the earthly things, set them on the heavenly things. They weren't focused on the earthly things, they were focused on the heavenly things. They kept the faith. It didn't matter what it would take or what would be required. Through the hard, through the dark, through the unknown, they kept their faith. Keep watching, keep moving, and keep the faith. We can't stop. God has a plan. You agree with that? God has a plan. A plan that is perfect. That if I set my mind on earthly things, sometimes it don't look so perfect. But if I trust and I keep the faith and I'm watching and I'm constantly moving toward him, the closer and closer and closer I get to the star, the more perfect I realize his plan really is. God has a plan. God has a leader for this house. God's got a vision. Follow the star. God is leading and directing. We're chasing the glory of God. Isn't that our heart? The word became flesh and John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who come to take away the sins of the world. The glory of the Father, the only begotten Son. Jesus was God's glory. The face of God was seen through Jesus. And now these men have chased that glory. They're following it. They're looking to heaven, chasing after the glory. There's a destination. I promise there's a destination. You might not see it till you cross over the other side, until you enter into kingdom, but there's a destination. And if you keep that in focus, and we keep that, doesn't matter what happens in, in this house, realistically, I'm just going to be honest, it doesn't matter what happens on earth, as long as we are focused individually, but if we're focused as a body, as long as we're focused on the star, we're focused on the glory of the Lord, more than anything else in the world, whatever it takes, whatever I've got to cross over, I have no idea how long it's going to take me to get there. My destination might come when I'm on the way to lunch after a while. Lord, have mercy. Please don't let that happen. Or it might mean that I get to live to be 98 years old or 110 years old. I don't know. One day, though, as long as I keep following the star, as long as I keep watching and I keep moving and I keep the faith, I'm going to get there to a place that I can bow at the feet of Jesus and I can lay down everything I have before him. Follow the star. Follow the star. I don't understand all of God's ways. I don't understand a lot of what God does. Today is just a blip on the map as part of the journey. We keep moving. 
We keep watching and we keep the faith. I really preached these two sermons backwards according to Scripture. But the messages I hope are clear. My heart in the prayer is that we love God and we love people. We love people enough to be the voice. We love God enough to follow the star wherever it leads. That's my prayer for this house. My prayer for your life, for your family, for whatever the future holds. Savannah, school, Josh and Liz, Carter coming up behind them for my babies, for your babies, for your grandbabies, marriages, relationships. Love people enough to be a voice, a voice of passion, a voice of truth, a voice of hope and love, and follow the star, watching, moving, and remaining faithful. Father, Lord, I love you. God, I'm so thankful for every opportunity that I get to enter into a pulpit to be able to deliver your word. Father, I'm grateful for at this point the hundreds of sermons that I've delivered from this pulpit. Lord, I'm thankful that you've got a plan. Your plan is perfect. Lord, you're working everything together for good. Or not only for my life, but for this house and for every family, every individual represented here today. Father, I'm grateful. Lord, my heart and my passion is you know. Lord, my prayer today is that through whatever comes in the coming days or the coming weeks, the coming months in this house, Father, that this body would remain a voice in the communities, in the homes, marriages, relationships. Father, in this house, there would be voices of passion, voices of truth, voices of hope and love. Hard in my presence, they would continue to follow the star. God, the star being your glory, the star being the direction, the map, the little arrow on the GPS pointing to you. Father, everything may seem uncertain at times, God. Things may seem to be off. It may be a dry season, Father. It may be that we have to deal with obstacles and we have to overcome stuff. God, life happens in our lives and in our churches. Father, but my prayer today is that this house would follow the star. They would chase after you with everything in them, not thinking on earthly things, Father, but thinking on heavenly things things, thinking, setting their minds on things that are worthy and excellent of praise, God, keeping their eyes focused on the path before them, God, we don't know what kind of journey, what kind of path the wise men had, it didn't matter, it didn't matter what was behind, it didn't matter what they had gone through prior to Jerusalem, what mattered was they showed up, they finished the race, they finished the journey, and they worshiped.
God, let us keep watching. Father, pray that this house would keep moving. They keep putting one foot in front of the other. Father, that they keep the faith. Lord, I thank you again for every opportunity I've ever been afforded to be able to stand here and, and give the word of God or to present your heart and your word I believe that you gave. Father, I thank you for every family, every individual that's a part of this house. Lord, those that are here today, those that are not. Father, those that have come and gone. Lord, I thank you for every person that's been a part of this family along this journey. God, every, every person that Micah and I have had the opportunity, the privilege to get to know and, and to be able to take in as part of family, and they've taken us in as their family. Father, I thank you for them. Father, I thank you for every person that's ever been touched. Lord, not only just through my tenure, but the tenure uh, years and years prior, Father, the, the many, many years, Father, that's ever been touched through outreach in this house. Father, I thank you for the people that are going to be touched through outreach through this house. Father, the souls that are going to be saved, God, not only through outreach, but the souls that are going to be saved in this, in this room, Lord. God, for what you're going to do as long as we're chasing the star. Father, I pray blessings on your people today. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people. God, keep this house. Keep your people. God, give grace where grace is needed, grace upon grace. Father, teach us to give grace upon grace. Father, give your people grace. Give them peace, Lord. That's beyond all understanding, all comprehension. When things are, are just weird, when they're hard, when they're tough, God, give peace. Lord, let your face shine on this house. Let the star shine bright so that it could be chased. Let your face shine on your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.